previously on Tales from the Pits. And so as long as the food ends up on your plate, I didn't make your food tonight, Michael didn't make y'all's food tonight, but the food that ended up on that plate was the food that he and I created. It was a pork that my family made years ago, and we made it better because we listened to what people had to say that knew more than we did. Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Ken Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. And I think that's a good segue between, you know, Skylight and Sam Jones Barbecue. You know, you guys are you guys haven't went crazy. You know, you're not doing, you know, pastrami, pulled pork, burn-in taco sausage. No, that's because we Texas stuff. That's because we don't know how to do it <laughs> yet. <laughs> we'll give so, you the recipe. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> so you never say I can't do it. You just yeah, say I can't yeah. do it yet. Uh, but but you know you guys you guys have changed up the menu a little bit. Um, with, it, it's a it's a larger menu obviously than yeah. Skylight Inn produces, um, and it's and it's a quality menu from. I think we ate most of the menus tonight, and and everything we yeah, had. Yeah, we didn't was, have the catfish. Yeah, just yeah, we didn't have the catfish. The catfish, <laughs> like the club sandwich or some stuff like yeah, but, that. But, but yeah, and we had the overwhelming majority of the menu, and it's a great menu from from start to finish. The, that banana pudding. We're going to talk about that banana, yeah, banana pudding later pudding. in a minute. Fantastic. In a minute. Yeah. My but, mother's name is Judy. That's who you can thank for. Yeah, we, we <laughs> will talk you, about. Yeah, we will talk uh, about it's, Judy. It's, thank it's you so much. An amazing <laughs> banana pudding, but uh, the whole menu was incredible. Was, was that when you, when when you started? Sam Jones Barbecue is going to be its own business, separate from Skylight. We're opening our own thing. Was it always from day one? We're we're not going to replicate Skylight. We're going to do a different menu. We're going to do a different idea of things. Well, we didn't have a clear vision because I'd never opened a new restaurant. Michael for sure hadn't opened a new restaurant. Uh, I go back again to all uh, so many of our friends, but uh, Nick Pahakis, who was one of the original partners in Jim and Nick's Barbecue in Birmingham. I got to be friends with Nick via the Southern Foodways Alliance, John T. Edge, and got to be real, real close friends. But he's who put the Fatback Collective together. And due to some situations at Skylight, he encouraged me to open my own place. And that was one of those things that in my mind, I can't do that. My granddaddy was the only person in our family did that. And he did it 71 years ago now. Right. right. And he did it on a piece of land that was free. Yeah, it was a lot of, you know, it was a whole different time then. Yeah, you got you got branding and and multimedia and all That's of right. that 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 has to fa- and it and it's a legitimate thing that has to be factored in. Yeah, and I make no mistake, if it wasn't for what he did, I wouldn't have had platform. the platform for anybody to. There wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have had a vehicle by which for anybody to know who Sam Jones was if it was not for Skylight. I'm fully aware of that. But so many of them old school places of all different kinds of restaurants and businesses for that matter are falling off the radar. You know, if you think about it like a radar is going around and it's picking up something, next time it comes around there's a few less dots on the screen. And it's where these people are doing, in fact, the exact same thing day in, day out. And if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. Except... There's fewer of those people every year that get what you're doing if you're not somehow evolving. So either you got to tap a new audience to replace these people that's dying every year, or either you have to evolve. And, and as an example, a second Skylight Inn would, wasn't the right answer. A second, a second Skylight Inn is doomed right out of the gate because there's so many things about Skylight that's part of an experience. It's not about the food. It is the food, but there's so many things happening when your car pulls off of the highway and it falls into a gravel parking lot yeah. that sometimes ain't even. You can't replicate something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you step I've out of that it. car and you smell the smoke and what's happening in those buildings behind it. Maybe there's a line backed out the door and you can already hear that yeah, old boy in there just chop whacking on the up block, that, man, that You can stand in line and see everything that's going on in there. And there's so many 
nuances happening that you don't even realize, and it's part of the experience. I mean, you mentioned it right off the bat, pulling into the gravel parking lot. You wouldn't pave the parking lot because that changes that experience. I'll tell you a great story about that. And I'm when I just said that, I yesterday I attended a funeral for Mr. Gary Rowart with U-Bonds in Yazzie City. And the gentleman that preached his funeral used Gary's antics and lines in the service. Because you could be sitting around. The last podcast I did, we closed it up with Gary walking up. It was me, Carl Ruiz, Billy Durney, Pat Martin, Opie, uh, Nick Solaris, and Gary walked up. He had already done one the day before, but we were all talking trash, and we made reference about Gary. He Which walks podcast up. is this? Because I want people to listen yeah. to this. Um, what is their podcast? Now, it was Opie Radio on Sirius XM. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. And now they have a podcast. We'll, we'll put a link. When we post this episode, we'll put a link to that, because that, that would be great for people to yeah. listen to. Yeah. But the preacher yesterday said, you could be sitting around with Gary, and, and which was a fact. It's on that podcast. That reminds me of a story. Well, that reminds me of a great story. And then he'd go into his next session. That's what. There was my 17 words to get to five again. But Jesus. Uh, sorry about that, Michael. <laughs> when you see Michael looking at his phone, that's when he's disengaged from what I'm saying. And he's just on his own. What, what did he do before phone? I don't know. I'm going to tell you one thing he hadn't stopped doing. That's smoking my cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that. He's done that consistently long as I've known him. Yeah. That's one that's, of those traditions now. That's part of my contract. Yeah. Now I'm trying to remember what we were talking about. I, gravel that's the problem when you talk in circles. You forget what you're talking <laughs> about. Gravel parking lot. So does everybody else. It happened. So, and I think it was 2009, the town got was getting a federal grant to extend sidewalks. And the word come to me, sidewalks is going to be coming through Skylight's parking lot because Skylight's front door isn't but about – 18 or 19 feet off the state right away. Well, I knew that if sidewalk comes to that parking lot, that's coming with curb and gutter, and it's getting ready to foul our stuff up. And so I went straight and started having some conversations. And so when y'all go to Skylight tomorrow, you go through downtown Aiden, the last street that's in the city limits before you get to Skylight is Jackson Street. And that's where that sidewalk crosses to the other side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> it does go across yep. the other way. And, the, and the, so it crosses right there. How do we get there? The gravel we're, we're talking about connections and, and, and that, history. That we wouldn't even pave it. Yeah. We went to bat. How, to how you don't change things. I mean, you don't <laughs> yeah. want to replicate skylight. That may be the first time and only time in history well, someone bat, fought to not get paved. Yeah. That's a, even yeah. when we opened our business, it was this kind of juggle of how do we not replicate how do we not replicate skylight and how, play how do you honor it but how do you not right. try to build a copy and, of it? and, and still idea once. and still play on drawing the connection with the jones family sure. and this tradition and knowing that hey we're legit and we're just an extension of this and doing a little bit more and the whole purpose of our menu was to do other foods cooked over wood that wasn't being done in our area but in no way could we call it skylight, even though I think it was like a slight, like, I don't even know if it was a thought or not, but we couldn't take away from skylight. Anything we did in our restaurant, we made it purposeful to not take away from skylight. From you can't get the same thing for the same price at our restaurant, different things. And first I guess meeting I ever had with, uh, with I, the architect, that was one of the first things I said was, he said, what, what is your, what's in your mind? Open my own place and honor what my family has done without pirating it or trying to duplicate it. And so that was what he flew here from Boulder, Colorado. That was what he took away was we want to somehow embody Skylight without being Skylight. I mean, what Take I really the spirit of it. What I really like is you don't have the little capital rotunda anywhere in your building or anything, and that would have been an easy thing we to have copy. Like a twenty-four by eighteen photo paying tribute. Yeah, to photo Skylight. on the bar. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's what's great but is that it's it's that's what makes it your own thing, and not just like 
hey, were these guys just a little different? This is a new thing. It's There's no way thing. we can open up a restaurant in 2015 and be Skylight. Right. We Nobody can't even can. survive, no. function, nothing about it. And it's even hard, as you talk about, as people in barbecue expanding their menus and, and doing creative stuff, which I think is great. However, like for us, there's like this weird line, even though we're different than Skylight, is how far do you push that? How, how far do you go into trying to put new things on your menu before you get away from what you really are? And we're blessed by this unique little concept that we get to do the same menu. We don't have to change it up week in and week out. We get to put the same food out, and people keep coming for it, and we're f- super blessed for that. And to really now being fully immersed in the restaurant business and operating a store – it's amazing to look back and see that Skylight survived for so many years off three items. I mean, three items. And it wasn't because customer service was at its forefront or the experience was built around just hospitality. It was just an experience, a unique experience that created it. And today, our recipes are the exact same for the same foods that we sell. And people say food's different and this and that. I enjoy going into Skylight and sitting down and eating a tray of barbecue in Skylight that I don't enjoy the same way sitting down in our restaurant. And it's just like what you said. It's about your brain and connections and experiences. And I have so many memories from Skylight, and that place means so much to me. And to others, it means the same because their granddad brought them there. Yeah, they and they have a getting, different set of memories, yeah. but it's a set of memories it's that's tied to that restaurant. It's all about a memory and an experience attached together. And I just enjoy it myself in a different way than I do my own food. And, and from a geographical standpoint, you guys aren't all that far apart from each other. No. About eight miles door to door. So, but those eight miles separate so much. Exactly. And, and it's it's a different experience despite the, the closeness in geography. It's a different experience in time and place and, and, and memory, how is, how is the public reception to it as far as, I mean, because we talk about, you know, barbecue, celebrity, this and that, and yet you're going to get the tourists and the people that come in because they've heard about the place and they've, they've heard the name Sam Jones, they've heard Pete Jones, they're going to come, but you're not going to stay in business based off of just those people. You're going to stay in business based off the people in your area. You, you said it perfectly, and when I made a statement earlier that I'm different than anybody else in my family that's done this. I don't want to be, you were talking about a couple earlier before we started recording that ran a restaurant, and if one or the two of them couldn't be there, or both, they closed. I don't want to be those people. My granddaddy uh, didn't have to be, but because of how he chose to manage the business and his people, he was basically chained to that freaking joint. The better part of his life. It becomes your life. It becomes your prison in a way. 100%. And it was a self-created. He built the walls of it, both physically and metaphorically. A, a lot of people in that generation were, were also kind of, they, they, they had those walls in a personality too, right? They were, they were you, you talked about it earlier, not sharing not sharing what they were doing. They, they, were, they were quiet people. Michael has probably overheard my dad say this. I heard my granddaddy say this, which is why my dad has it in his mind. When people come in here, they want to see a Jones at the counter. All right? I believed that my whole life. All the while being the guy that didn't want to be the guy at the counter. Because I feel like somewhere deep down I saw that it was debilitating. For the greater good, for you personally, that it was in fact a ball and chain. Because of having that experience with my granddaddy, he's gone. And immediately, because a human being won't standing in a little square, everything changed. So, I look at it as, if I'm there, that's a plus. If I'm not, I want you to get the same experience. as I, my, Me and my dad used to argue about this. And he's a preacher. He'd come in at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, maybe he had to go visit somebody, whatever. And he'd always have something to say if I went at the front counter. Uh, and so he had a very disconnected perception of what had to happen for that place, for the wheel to keep spinning. And he would say, people come here, they want to see a Jones at the counter. 
and I looked at him one day and I said, Dad, at Skylight, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we've done about 60% of what we're going to do for the day. So at this point, we've done 60% of our business, and you won't hear. So you won't key. And if I chose not to be at the counter, maybe they just wanted the same barbecue they had the last time they were here. And as long as somebody was smiling and was nice to them, they'll come back the next time they want it. And it won't matter if I'm here or you're here. Well, and I, so that's the difference in running a business that occupies a lot of four walls and a roof and a brand where you can have that experience here. Maybe you can have it somewhere else and it'd be exactly the same or maybe unique to that area. Uh, no different than, uh, God, I don't even have a good reference, but you're not going to have another Skylight experience anywhere. No, no. Our goal and you is shouldn't. for you to right. be able to have a Sam Jones experience somewhere other than Greenville, North Carolina. Not to the point that we bastardize it. You're not going to open up in every airport in mm-hmm. across the U.S. Uh, not unless they offer a just a shit ton of money, <laughs> uh, because we can be romantic about it. Because you're day, not because you're not a dumb man. business. Yeah, it's a business. Exactly man. right. So, uh, pay attention, FAA. You guys, you guys were talking about earlier that you're doing what you're doing now in hopes to do something else. We're doing what I do and what we're doing now in hopes to not do that yeah. at some point. And you can do what you, it provides a vehicle to do what you want. Well, with there's it. such a romanticism to barbecue, but there's also a reality to working and a profession. But the, but they mention, I mean, it, it it's does. about the customer service. It, it I mean, that's is. that's the difference, and that's what he experienced when he came in. Neither of you guys were at the counter when when the other gentleman came in. And they talked about how great the customer service was right. right before the right before the close of the night, right when you know people are turning off their fryers, cleaning, and they don't want to. You know, I, I've worked in several retail businesses where that last hour you may have cleaned certain equipment you don't want to dirty that equipment up you're done you're ready to go home yeah i and think every mcdonald's uh has a broken ice cream machine <laughs> after a certain time <laughs> <laughs> it was even unchopped yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. but but i mean too, that that really Leonard, that's a shout out to leadership that, yeah. that that like i said you don't have to be behind that counter, and someone can have the same experience as they would have if you were behind that counter, or Michael, if you were behind that counter. My that's, point. That is an absolute sign of leadership, and I know there is such a romanticism to the old barbecue person sitting behind the pit for 20 hours and then sitting behind the counter ringing up your order for the next four hours. And guess what? They're usually not very happy. And no. Why would the hell would the they? If you're you know? working 24 hours a day, six days a week, no one's going to be happy. But, but it's, it, And I use that two-edged sword thing all the time. So you can't be that person. You can't be the 94-year-old man at the cafe in Taylor, Texas and be the guy that has that cafe in Taylor, Texas that people outside of Taylor know about sure. if you're there all the time. Now, if you've got people that you can inspire to hold your standards and you have the opportunity, you can take it to audiences. Yeah. So you boys are from what town in Texas? Houston. Houston. All right. We're sitting in a shop that I built in 2003 when I still lived at home with my parents. And that wouldn't have happened but if all these other steps didn't take place. If I looked at it like my granddaddy... Y'all wouldn't know who I was to want to chat. Bigger than all that, though, you can't be that 94-year-old man behind the counter every day that somebody sees day in and day out and enjoy any fruits of your labor and enjoy life, enjoy your family and experiences and everything like that. And you'll go insane. You burn out, and you don't put into it what you put in on day one if that's what you do every day. Right. You, you, you physically can't. No. Yeah, you, you just can't. And, and like I said, to... To the, to the naive consumer, it's a romantic thing, but it's also a tragic thing. It's a tragic thing to see that person that's, that, that's never been able to step away and never been able to put those processes in place to where they can step away and enjoy life because this has been their life for whether it's 10 years, 20 years, 50 years for some of these the, people that have been doing it. The hardest I've ever worked in my life was... He's about to start crying. No. <laughs> no. The hardest I've ever worked in my life was in that restaurant is because I didn't have a choice. So you, you'll always, as long as you have a choice to do less, you'll never work as hard as you think you possibly can. And I worked as hard as I could have ever imagined working because I didn't have a choice. And because of that, 
that wasn't a long-term outlet. We had to do something different because you can't be that person putting everything in. You can't be the guy that we we were literally tag teaming it out, prepping the food first thing in the morning and cooking hogs at nighttime, and it, it, you can't do it. And if you can, you're not going to operate a business long term seven days a week. It's not sustainable. Yeah. No, it really it really isn't. On at least on the the level that, and I say the level, not meaning like like we're better than you, but I'm just saying like. With the, doing what we have to do, the way we have to do it, we can't. Right. No, that's that's do it. that's not an ego thing. That's a yeah, realistic yeah. thing. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, it's just you you can't do that. When when you guys when when Sam Jones Barbecue opened nearly three years ago now, what what was the public reception? What what, what did the locals think about? Okay, now I've got it, it's a Jones, it's a Jones Barbecue place, but it's not Skylight. Well, it was. I think there was multiple fronts of it. So, Michael and I ourselves cut a tree down on that lot, hauled it off, and <laughs> I about we that. ourselves <laughs> put the sign in the ground. Why did you pick that location? Was it um, help from people, uh, learning demographics, uh, all those things? Looking at the traffic and all of that. It wasn't. Well, it wasn't yes, just but, random. You know, and, slight and awareness of growth of our community, like where things were headed on certain areas of town, things such as that. And I got it on the property. Knew my grandfather. I didn't know that until after we put our offer in, which I thought was an insulting offer. And he counted it with two more tenths of an acre of land for ten more thousand than what we offered. And I'd have never thought in a million years that that would have happened. And he was real involved as far as he didn't want to sell a piece of property just to sell it. If it wasn't going to be a, a, an asset to this area, he had enough money that he was okay with not selling it. And uh, just a true Southern gentleman. Uh, he's in his late 70s. But when we put the sign in the ground, you hear a whole other set of rumors. Yeah, because some people locally always say that when you're nothing, people say you're nothing. And then when you work yourself to death to try to build a reputation and have something, then people say you're really nothing. You're really bad then. Because if you've got something, in certain people's minds, you stole it, or you obtained it under false pretense. You didn't earn it. Old, right. old school thinking. And That's so, very so many people still yeah. think that my grandfather died and left us just mayonnaise jars of cash buried <laughs> everywhere, you know. And what when P. Jones died, what he left was a business with not a clear direction on how to operate, and he left me $3,500 worth of quarters. That's a true story. I know that sounds random, but that was what no, I, no, I that was what was left. Yeah. $3,500 worth of quarters was what was given to each grandchild. We didn't put out any advertising. We didn't do anything. It was a sign that said Sam Jones Barbecue coming fall 2015. That was it. And it was a terrible logo we chose. It was like a thrown together. We just felt like we need to go and put a sign out because... We didn't but it wasn't have the Vista Print Flaming Pig, though. Well, it wasn't that, but we, <laughs> we didn't have a good You know the one we're talking was, about, right? Oh, yeah. I've, if there was I've, like I've a paid more subscription, that was the thing we got. <laughs> yeah, the the Flaming Pig. Somebody that cooked in a competition somewhere. Let me give you my business card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An old Vista Print Flaming Pig. But there was a bad experience we had with our architect, and we became the joke of the local construction community all the subs because these people price the same job three or four times our architect was very condescending and then you had the other side of rumors that we were opening up a place and we're going to cook the food in Aiden bring it over here I mean you could be standing in Lowe's and somebody would just tap you on the shoulder as to be so conclusive to say y'all cooking everything in Aiden for this new place right no, sir. It's not what we're going to do. And you couldn't convince these people different to the point that me and him even joked. Well, well that some we were people might have thought that was better. That we were going to call our smokehouse Aiden because everybody swore that was where it was going to be cooked anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but these people just could not. Do these people think that we just got up one morning, scratched our hind end, and said, let's wager everything we got build us a restaurant but they thought you had so much they thought that they yeah. they thought you inherited this fortune um, 
I mean, it's it's crazy. It, it, it's crazy now to look back on the negativity and the criticism that we had in the beginning, and it's all kind of faded. We've all we've come into our own, and people get what we're doing, understand it, or accept it, or either don't come, or whatever it may be. We're finally us. Well, well Skylight's we close enough that if it's really a problem, they can go to Skylight. Right. If, if, that's, and, if they want the Skylight experience, they can go to Skylight. Don't feel like you have to tell us. It's okay. Just go. Yeah, it's, yeah. It really is okay. And that's the thing. That, that's the biggest thing I think that you know, I've touched on it in many ways is as you look at barbecue um, and people who enjoy barbecue nationwide, it's all for the love of barbecue. But locally and regionally, and I don't know what it is everywhere else in the, the country, but at least here, it's got to be a competition. You can't like my barbecue and another guy's barbecue in town. You have to pick one. And I don't understand why it has to be like that way. It's like you can't even be friends with yeah. both people. And so it's, you know, it's just like in. But it's that way all over South. It is, but sure. but then you look at towns like, like football teams or South anything, Carolina yeah. and Charleston. But, but I, I get what you're saying. I mean, you know, especially the smaller the town, too, there's there's. And it's not even really a loyalty. It's just like pick one. Yeah. My, dad, right. my dad worked for Seven Up for many, many years. We could drink Fuck Sprite for your whole <laughs> life, <laughs> dude. I could not drink it for many years, and and eventually, you know, it, in his older age, he let us do it. But I still feel guilty. It's kind of a tradition and a loyalty thing. But what you said, I mean, today with all of the connections with social media, the ability. Look, in the old days, Pete couldn't just get on his phone and text Nick and say, hey, how are things going? And right. he wouldn't if he could. It's right, from he wouldn't he if he could, <laughs> right? I mean, they wouldn't show up in the same place. But now you can do that, and you can reach out. Because of technology, it's a little closer, and maybe that's changing the path. Wait, but. I think all that, and I, and I included this in my book, but all that helps and hurts at the same time because you're, you're reaching one group that is genuinely connected Man, they're on your team. They're wearing your jersey. And you're also touching another group of people that hate. They hate everything you do, everything you're trying to do. And that same tool allows you to connect with both of those people. Both of them are processing it differently. Yes. Sure. And so sure. there's, yeah. this pro- there's a mindset that exists in all of us as hometown. Uh, it doesn't matter what personality you want to pick out in food. There's a certain group of people that's in the dugout, yeah. man, cheering them on. And there's, and there's another group side. of people yep. that, well, he just thinks he's a small-town celebrity. He thinks he's really something, or she thinks she's really something. When, man, all you did was try. You got out there and went to work for it. Nobody give it to you. And if you've achieved anything, most of the time it's because you've just been a decent person. You've been nice to people, and you've been honest, and you tried to treat the last man you talked to, like the first guy you talked to. And that's been the thing that we've, you know, we're, we're like I said, we're nerds for this stuff. We study this stuff. We research. We look at all the articles and everything that comes out. And it's one of the things that we, that, that we looked at for a long time is the ambassadorship that goes on in barbecue now. And we think it's a great thing. And, you know, Wayne, Wayne Miller from, from the Texas side of things is famous for it. He's traveled the world and he, he'll, you know, he says it himself, preaching the gospel of Texas barbecue. And he's kind of taking it he, upon himself. He feels himself. a bit of an obligation. He does. To spread that type of barbecue uh, to other regions. And, and to and a lot to of people, you person. are that for North Carolina and for whole hog cooking. You are one of those ambassadors of the tradition of it, of, of what it can and should be. Was that, was that a conscious decision for you to travel to it or just you fell I, into it? I was it? getting ready to say Wayne or myself. Uh, we're tacticianers in trying to become that. I think that that's the evolution that happens. I think, man, Mike and I had a conversation recently. People that try to be those people will never achieve being those people. Like my grandfather didn't set out in 1947 to go, man, I'm going to do this, and I want to be in this magazine, in this magazine, I want to be referred to as this. They just got up and went to work. Well, nobody there taking the pictures, didn't have no cameras in their face at 2 or 3 in the morning when they were lighting the fires in the early years because that was when they used to start cooking. Well, there, there's some good the stories of Bobby Miller where, you know, when, when that started becoming the thing in, in cameras and they brought it in and he's like, you know, get these cameras out of my face, damn it, I'm trying to do my job. And, and that was starting to see that change of, 
you know, you're more than what you think you are. And I'm guilty of that now uh, because I still try. I consider myself to be the same person I was 10 years ago. Now I'm a little smarter because I've listened, but I've listened to people. Uh, but deep down, I still like a lot of the same things I liked 10 years ago. Um, yes. Hundred ten percent bad country music. <laughs> Still on the playlist. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Bad country music. It's not even bad country. I even I love the music that he loves, but he's relentless with it. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let's go what, down this what's path. What's some of this old? What's yeah, some yeah. of this bad I mean, country music? I mean, there's like right, so bad country. I hope y'all are getting ready to throw rocks at it. He. Yeah, we are. We are. He is not cultured. I've seen I've seen Ronnie Millsap live. All right, I've go. seen the infamous Windy City Jordan so, Jones video. So everything. So I know. This is this is a full circle <laughs> conversation right now. So Samuel has talked about all this acceptance of other and new things and understanding <laughs> and all these different things. Uh oh. He's a he's Twenty-One most, Pilots fan. He is the most closed-minded. No, Georgia Georgia lover. County Line. What the hell is those guys' name? Florida Georgia Line. There you go. Yeah. No, well, no, no, no. But let's talk about. Wait, wait, wait. What do you hate about old like country music? No, no, no. no. I, it, that was stated and misinterpreted wrong. Okay. <laughs> Not the first time. It. I love the same music. Nineties country music. There's nothing better. There's nothing. Uh, what the hell is nineties country music? That okay. Brooks and Dunn. Yeah. Reba. Yeah. Okay, hold on. You need a whole lesson in life. You're talking. You're not. You're not you're trying to convince me. I'm talking about what he likes. Well, yeah. What, what do you me. like, Ben? But here's the thing. Hold on. Is that he only listens to one kind of music. He drives it down everybody's throat. <laughs> mainly in the restaurant, his truck, um, <laughs> any event you're at, anywhere. And he is not open minded. That is the music. Kind of wait, wait, but, but what train. is bad country music? <laughs> I, I still don't know the answer to this. It's almost—it's not even bad. You're, you're holding me to this one word. Yeah, yeah, I am. You're I am. Wonderful okay. What's some of this traditional early '90s music that you are? No, no, he not, loves the early '90s. No, this was funny. He was I playing enjoy. those drums when I walked in this barn tonight, waiting on y'all. He was playing a song that Mark Chestnut cut in 1992. <laughs> Too cold at home. Just. Getting after it over there on the drums. That's the same music he's saying he hates. It, no, no, no. I, I enjoy the music. I just don't enjoy it over and over and over. So we have a playlist at the restaurant <laughs> that Samuel claims has like 3,500 songs on. For some reason, we listen to the same 92. That's our road trip track, by the way, over. that this guy Yeah, did. yeah. We've been yeah. listening to a lot of old yeah, white yokes. You hear, you know, Mark Chestnut, Two Cold Home for the Third Time. Lyle loves it. It's love time it. to start shutting I mean, let's down. Talk, let's talk old country. Come on, man. Old country's good. All right. So, so, so what, are, what are some of the things that Mike one might hear? Start looking at his phone. Yeah, yeah. I need some names here, man. Let's throw this shit out of right here. Sam right, Jones so. Barbecue, what you're going to hear? What we're going to hear in Sam Jones well, Barbecue. Well, no, what you no, don't like. So I'm confused. The, gosh. Well, he's only like it because it's the same, yeah. like, 90 songs. So I which enjoy is it? it. It's what makes the experience. Everybody can enjoy it once yeah. or twice. <laughs> but on a 90-hour work week? What What is a piece of music that he's never heard that you wish he would hear? A band? A song? Hmm. This is a good Just one. In general, like, in general, I feel like we're on a dating a, game or something right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're no, asking my like, wife a question about me. Yeah. It does change, not have to be a country song. Not like life changing, but it's a song that like I know that yeah, everybody nice else song, knows that he you know? doesn't know. Yeah. Nice song. Drake, Kiki. Oh. Oh wow. 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 <laughs> he knows nothing about Kiki loving him. I, I've never heard that song. All right, hold on. Jimmy Ho. Jimmy. Come here. Come here. You gotta do the Kiki for us, apparently. We, we got we <laughs> I mean, it's pop culture right now. Hold on, we're talking we, we about need, songs. We need Jimmy Ho to pull up Drake's Kiki song. Well, no, right we now. can't play it on the radio because we'll, it'll charge us money. I mean, we need to accidentally overhear the, the Kiki, Kiki song do you that love we didn't me? mean for to be played on our podcast. Are we riding? <laughs> so you. It's never a review. Have a we can play thirty seconds, That's right, so we, we can, can play talk. Thirty seconds of a review. We find all these little loopholes to this stupid shit. So let's do it. I'm going to have to have another song, though. If y'all would be so kind as to send me a loop of Michael doing what he just did on that mic. Yes, sir. We that's easy enough. Oh, that. yeah. Man, just like Kiki. a boomerang of that. Pop culture. Imagine if we were actual media, not just two idiots with some microphones. If y'all were actual media, you wouldn't be at my house right now. <laughs> this is a very <laughs> valid very point. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be all actual official. Media. I have no idea what that sound is. It just sounds like noise to me, right? 
Y'all haven't seen like the Kiki Challenge? Oh, we've seen the Kiki okay. Challenge. What's this we? I haven't seen the Kiki Challenge. You've not seen the people that open up the car door and they... No. Oh, my God. Okay. Run into light poles. <laughs> okay, Michael, tell this gentleman about it. It's Kiki. So it's just like this song. I don't understand. Like, what I don't understand about pop culture is who creates the dances to go with the songs. <laughs> but there's a dance. Robots. people get out of their car with it moving while they didn't drive. They hop out the driver's side and they do a little dance. That just sounds like a road hazard. Yeah, it, well, yeah while the car is rolling. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they open the door. The car is still moving when How this happens. How am I this much younger than you and I don't know this and you do? <laughs> what the fuck is happening in Because I have nothing life? better to do than surf the damn internet all day. Okay. Kiki. The Kiki Challenge. I guarantee you, you my wait, wife wait, knows exactly Michael, what this done, is. Or have you done or do you know anybody that's done the Kiki Challenge? No, sir. Okay. The daddy shark. Daddy, now, now we got Ted, Terry Osborne Is that different to the here. left shark? What? Terry, no, Terry, Terry what's, come here. Is, what's the difference between the left shark and the daddy shark? I'm, I'm very confused. <laughs> I, don't, I don't talk about it. Y'all, y'all, I couldn't You've been on an episode before. Yeah, and I told you. Y'all, you're paying me this time. We will pay you 75% of our profits from this episode. Yeah. I'll give you my cut. They got a bottle of barbecue sauce. Not even yet. It's damn good barbecue sauce, though. You haven't tried it, have you? Yeah. I've been sticking my finger in it this whole podcast. He has. Okay. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know. Sorry. It's good. It's kind of addicting. Okay. Do we want to talk about the menu or do we want to do a lightning round? Those are the two choices. Or do we want to do both? In order, do both. whatever. Let's do both. we got to okay. talk about the menu. Okay, can we do the menu first and then hit yes. the lightning round? Let's okay, let's menu. let's bring this back to a talk about barbecue. Yeah, this was a barbecue show at yeah. one point. Yeah, it really was. Until um, <laughs> Michael started talking about all this terrible music he likes. <laughs> 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 made one comment. That's what happened. Let's go. Let's go down this path. Okay, requests and barbecue and food. Um, I've got three items I want to talk about. Um, the first one we did not have. The Skylight Burger. So, is that still sold at Skylight, or is that a Sam Jones item? No, that was another Damn way. It. We're not going to be able to eat it tomorrow. That was what I was eating tonight when you boys walked in. <laughs> yeah, you, you saw it briefly. Uh, <laughs> now, that was just uh, one more component. So, Skylight was that joint. So, Skylight... It's like a diner. It was an, act, an octagonal-shaped building that did not have a front door. Uh, I was, t- there's a picture that hangs in Skylight of the original building, uh, and there's very few photos of them, of it, I should say. So there's very few photos of the original building because they were just broke as convicts. Uh, taking photos was not high on the list of priorities. Uh, let's figure out how we can just keep the lights on. And so the whole burger concept of why we're going to have a burger was, so we're not going to have a capital on top of a building. We're not going to put a bunch of corners on a building because that wasn't a good idea in 1947. <laughs> we figured that out. Why was there a capital on the building? Uh, because my family has a little flair for the dramatic. Uh, how they process that National Geographic. We're the barbecue capital of the world. They were getting ready to remodel or add on to the restaurant. My grandfather didn't want to tear down the original building. So they essentially built around it. So the front dining room at Skylight is the original building. If you go in the attic, the roof, the old roof, is still there. Hmm. Uh, but at one point in time, it was a flat roof. It had speakers on top of it that played whatever was being played on the jukebox on the inside. <laughs> and there's stories of, you know, I mean, my granddaddy was 17, 18 years old when he built this place. It's amazing. I've heard stories of people parking behind the place. And, you know, obviously, they weren't there for the barbecue. To stories of my great-grandmother stepping out on the porch across the street and shooting a shotgun in the air saying, hey, it's time, time to, to cut go that home. crap off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where it had gone into the wee hours of the morning. Sure. Uh, because it was just, I mean, imagine an 18-year-old kid running anything, a hot dog stand for that matter. And he's facilitating the place for other 18-year-old kids. <laughs> kind of like a drive-in. To come hang out. Kind of like yeah. a drive-in, yeah. Uh, imagine if you had your own place at 18. What would it be? Closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would be a den of iniquity for a short period of time. Yes, very much so. <laughs> so the burger was another way of paying a homage 
to Skylight. Of, kind of, kind of like back, the, the 50s, 60s drive-in kind of. To yeah. what Skylight once was. Where did the name Skylight come from? Or is that another of the great unknowns? Uh-uh. Uh, that is a legitimate, that's no, a legitimate story. It just doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. Uh, but when you're 16, 18 years old, you don't always have the best ideas. Uh, fortunately, most of us, when we're there at age, our ideas are not seen through for 72 years. Yeah, they, they don't live on very long. <laughs> right. Uh, so there was a airstrip on the farm. Skylight's built on the original family farm. There was a small airstrip for single-engine aircraft that was on that same track of land. Wow. And my grandfather at one time had his pilot's license. This is a man that couldn't read. A lot of people did not know that, but uh, my grandfather could not read or write. He could sign his name, and he was very intelligent, uh, super smart. And you could be around. I didn't know he couldn't read until I was 15 years old. <laughs> so one of my great uncles landed a plane as skylights being built. And so all the roofing boards, there were some gaps that existed. He lands his plane, walks over, because my grandfather's physically doing some of the work. And literally was, Pete, are you putting skylights in this joint or what? <laughs> they had a short conversation, which concluded with, let's call it skylight in. Wow. We wow. still, that it's short never conversation. Been a hotel and there's no skylights in it. I was getting ready to yeah. say that conversation <laughs> in 1946 or 7 uh, evolved to us to this day getting phone calls asking about our rates. Wow. I guarantee you Michael got phone calls when he worked at Skylight wanting to know if we had a vacancy and what's our rates. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not a lot of barbecue places have true stories behind their names other right. than I mean, other than it's the name, name of the matriarch or patriarch or, or something along those lines. Because okay, we talked about the burger. There's three yeah. items you want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, there's three items. So the next one I want to talk about is, is really, honestly, two two separate items but combined. I want to talk about the cracklings, and I want to talk about the pimento cheese. So not everybody, this is what I've learned, new to me, but not not everybody out this way does cracklings. I don't know why, but because I love about you meaning separate from the barbecue? Yes, sir. Well, right. yeah, yeah. Just fried skins. Right, right. Um, not everybody does cracklings, and um, the um, I mean, was that, that always, was that a skylight item? No, uh, and I'll tell you, Michael Letchworth and Michael, me and him are, I don't know which one of us would be the female personality, but if there was ever either a brother relationship or an old married couple relationship, Michael and I embody it. That's true. Meaning, we love each other, we're in it for the long haul, but damn, we ain't going to argue about it all the way there. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get to the same place. I'm going to say let's take the four lane, and he's going to say let's take the dirt path, or vice versa. He's Pentecostal, and I'm Free Will Baptist. We're all trying to get to heaven. <laughs> how, yeah, how are we getting there? And I'm purposely going to give you the 17-word, five-word answer we're here, on this We're one. here for all 17. We originally were supposed to break ground on Sam Jones Barbecue January the 19th, 2015. Michael's current employer at that time, which was he had chatted earlier about needing his intern hours that company offered him a job and that company only offered him a job because of the kind of person he was uh, michael has that well I'll, I'll put it this way regardless of what beat is in his earbuds whether it's opening the restaurant doing an event tunneling through bedrock under a mountain he will go about getting it done uh, he may bellyache about it but if you say, Michael, we need to get through that mountain under it. Next thing you're going to see is dirt kicking. He may be cussing when he's doing it, but he'll be like a dog bearing a bone. He's going to start digging. The property that we were purchasing, there was an alias. Because the whole point was we didn't need the word being out just sure. now. Sure. So everything we were doing was, we were like snake charmers. But the word slipped out. He was employed with a construction company. It was almost inevitable, and we just didn't realize it. And so his boss man hemmed him up. Are you looking another job? No, sir. Because he was being honest. Because I didn't offer him a job. I wanted him to be my partner. And so he answered the guy, no. And he said, so 
you're not going to work with Samuel, this new restaurant? And he said, well, I'm not taking a job. I have an opportunity. And then this guy went about doing everything he could do to make him stay, which was in this guy's best interest. Sure, you can't hate on him. He knew he had a gym. He offered him a little more money. Mike's like, no, I made my mind up. We're doing this thing. It's a done deal. And so then the next conversation, uh, and many of them probably, and I'm paraphrasing a bit, was a, almost of a tap you on the shoulder. Uh, so when's your last day? I need to know when you're leaving. Uh, and uh, this is this man looking out for his own interest. You can't blame him. But it was pressing Michael in a little bit of a corner because at the time we had just got a divorce from our architect because he was a bad human being. Our contractor, bless his heart, wasted three months of our time and backed out. So when we came into January of 2015, we didn't have an architect. We didn't have a set you, you of plans no plan, that were 100%. No plans written. Well, we no. didn't have the CAD files. Okay. When we finally got the CAD files after the attorneys had to do the talking, oh my. it was a bad experience. Michael calls me. He says, look, such and such is pressing me for a day. And Michael and I had talked about it long before anybody knew it was coming, that he was going to give this man a three-month notice. That's, that's a hell that's of a notice. That's pretty damn nice. That was what the we agreed on. Like three months. Ground, and by the yeah. time I would need to be involved... The honest-to-God conversation that Michael and I had before anybody else. There was three people in the world, four tops, that knew this restaurant was coming. The conversation we had was, I said, this man has grown dependent, not just on your position, but on you, like how you do things. I feel like three months would give him time to get somebody in there, and if he so chooses, allow you to mentor them. That's incredibly fair. And we never said what our intent was, but that was what he and I resolved was going to happen. And so when this gentleman was pressing him, Michael calls me. I called Nick. Nick was the one that was mentoring us and, and, and helping Nick us. from Jim and Nick. Yeah, and I go, hey, man, what do you think's a fair date? Because, one, I've never built a new restaurant. Nor have I been in a place where we just paid this guy all this money. And, and Jim Nix had several outposts at that time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he was just doing this because he was my friend. We weren't sure. business partners, yeah. none of that. Um, and he said, I, I feel like X. And, you know, he, Michael and I talked about it. And we decided at the end of February. So he tells his employer, end of February. He gives his date in October. In January, we don't have a contractor nor an architect. We have secured the land, but that was all we had, and we were having to fight to get these holy plans, and I don't say that in a spiritual reference, uh, but these spotty, they were not 100% by any means. Segment break here. This is all related to pork skins. I'm getting there, but yeah, yeah, I'm get building to the it up. Topic. Easy, Tiger. Easy. 17 words for five. This is no, okay. No, I appreciate the story. I just This is like the commercial break where you loop back in and let everybody know what they're waiting on. No, no, no. This is, you this just keep is checking how, your social media. This is how we make all the zero dollars we make on our podcast. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> Building value here. So that's exactly what I'm doing. You can't even appreciate it. The long short story is Michael gives his date. We're in this position, and we know that. There's no January 19th groundbreaking coming. He approaches his employer and says, uh, things ain't quite happening on the timeline that we thought they were. And this company was really busy, really busy. And Michael knew that his absence was going to be felt. And he really appreciated having that paycheck. If you need me to stay on a couple months, I can. And old boy says, no, you told me the end of February. Oh. So end of February. Wow. And Michael called me on the phone that day wow. that he had that conversation because I told him, just have a chat with old boy. I would think by May we'd be back in, you know, back in position where we kind of have a handle on what we're doing, some timelines. I said, Michael called me that day, and he was like, hey. And you could hear that there was some uncertainty in his voice well, it's, because. It's pretty surprising, actually, yeah. As I paraphrased him in my book telling this version, was at that time, he made what he made, paid his house payment, kept some cold beers in the fridge. But, I mean, he was 20, what were you, 26 at the time, Michael? 27? 26. Yeah. So 26 years old, he's got student loans. 
all these things. Yeah, life to pay for at that point. That's right. And he calls, and I could tell that he won't in a good spot. He tells me what what the guy had said, and I'm not an arrogant man, nor am I a super wealthy man. So, in summation, <laughs> when he called me that day, I said, well, I tell you what, don't beg this man. Work your time. The end of February was going to be on a Friday. I said, Monday, come to Skylight. And I never asked him this before. We hadn't had any real financial conversations at that point in time. And so what I told him was, I said, you come to Skylight Monday. What do you make every two weeks? Net. He told me. And I said, from Monday to whenever we open this restaurant, I'll hand that to you every two weeks. Right out of my pocket. What I'm trying to finally get to, and and I'm (laughs) impeding my own self. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'm like a preacher. You know, I got to build this thing up. I got to milk it. Save somebody, preacher. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to take up an offer when we get done. (laughs) But uh, Michael Letchworth's kind of a saint in some ways. (laughs) Nobody ever, nobody ever has spoke those words in this building. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody. I've done a lot of things in this building. Being a saint. Sainthood ain't one of them. (laughs) None of which qualifies you for sainthood. The only damn thing I've done in this building is take a lot of communion. (laughs) Michael comes to Skylight. Uh, Still on skins, guys. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 on skins. We're getting there, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. This is why I'm a good storyteller, Jim. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) But Michael comes back. We never had a conversation about his schedule, anything, other than I'll make sure you have that money every two weeks. I'll hand it to you myself. Michael, because of his personality, which is sometimes his own enemy, but he comes in, and and I didn't even notice till after the fact. But one night at closing time, I was sitting at the desk in the side room, and I hear these guys one by one. Some of them have been there two or three years. Some of them longer than that. One by one. Hey, uh, Mike, anything else we need to do? Anything else need doing? Is everything okay? You know, all these different lines... And what they were doing was seeking his approval that sure. the workday was over, the restaurant's in the shape it should be in. He's been back three months tops. In those three months, we never talked about a schedule. We didn't talk about a day off. We didn't talk about anything. I just said, be at Skylight on Monday, and don't worry about that guy. In Michael's mind, he is a burden on me. This was like three weeks, not three months. Three months we were already working on the restaurant. Let me toot my horn. It was like three weeks. Okay. Three weeks. Give me three weeks. Excuse me. Sing us some Kiki in a minute. Okay. But in his mind, he is a financial burden on me personally. Not he's an extra employee on Skylight, but he knows that I'm pulling this money out of my pocket and had already spent money that I was not comfortable well, spending. You're, you're matching, yeah, you're matching a different salary. Uh, because those first few. Oh, on top are, of the cost that. Was incurring through the architect. And yeah, so like when it was like, "Hey, Michael, will you be, will you be a part of my restaurant?" Okay, Samuel, I don't have anything to for capital, and he says, "Don't worry about that." Not because I had it. I said, "We'll figure that out." We'll figure it out, sure. and then you can pay me back when we get it. I said, "We'll figure that out." All handshakes and conversation. I mean, it's, which is a testament to Samuel. But what I told him was, I said, you have everything that can't be bought. I said, there ain't a a financial institution or a learning institution that can give a person what you have. And that was on display when he came back to Skylight. Exactly, and that's my point. Uh, And I'm slowly getting back there to these skins. (laughs) But as Michael comes in, he's trying to figure out a way to generate the money I'm giving him every week. What can I do to make this money come in the front door that's not coming in the front door? To offset me being here. Pork skins. Pork skins. He has a conversation one day with one of our salesmen. Darren Bullock is this guy's name. Pate Dawson Companies, who we did business with at the time. And Darren Bullock is still our salesman today. He's a great friend of ours. And he comes in one day, and Michael's just casual conversation. And Darren said, you know, man, we got access to these pork skins. and There's a little pride pretty good profit in these dang things michael comes to me about it it was 70 dollars for a case of skins and i thought 
Well, seventy dollars. We can try it. Nobody buys it. We're out seventy bucks. And in pretty short order, we were selling a pretty pretty dang bunch of pork skins. More so, I would say probably double what I was paying him. And we the were getting got a lot of skin, and you can cut it in a lot of ways to where you can make your money back on that. We product. were buying it in twenty five pound yeah. cases mm-hmm. because we couldn't use the skin. That was on the hogs because we chopped it all up into yeah, the that was right. put back into the. But product, people yeah. were always asking, "Can we buy some skin? Can we buy some skin?" And I don't know how many times we've been asked that over the years. We're like, "No, we don't sell skin." So now and all of a sudden, be like, because of Michael, we go, "Sure, they're right here. Three bucks." Have, you can't buy the skin off the hog. But we have this skin here. And I remember my father one day. This is probably after. This is a great story, and since my dad don't even have a cell phone, I'm gonna tell it, and I'll still make him listen to it. Because he don't like to be wrong. Michael gets us going in the skins. We're selling skin now at Skylight. Mm-hmm. Michael helped in a lot of procedural things where over the years you get bogged down in certain things. And then I'm traveling a lot. So I'm dependent on people doing things. And so I'm not in the restaurant every day to eyeball the process start to finish. And all of a sudden Michael was. And he would question things. Like, why we, do, we could do this. And it make it better, or it save us money and make it better. Sometimes it's great to have that outside perspective. And so, yeah, yeah. He's, but he's doubling down on things. And fast forward, we open Sam Jones. My dad comes in. My dad's a preacher. There ain't an ounce of businessman in Bruce Jones. He will tell you this. He's too kind to people he don't know, and he's not as kind as he should be to the people he does. That's. <laughs> Pretty damn accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love you, Bruce. Yeah, thank you. We did a Vice Media thing years ago, and I said, anybody who knows my dad would buy a T-shirt that just says, Bruce, enough said. <laughs> and they would completely understand what it is. But he walks in one day, and this, somebody's frying skins. This, We're talking about skins, Michael. Yeah, yeah. We, eventually we're going to get to this This is like a thing. vein to an artery here, this story. It's okay, because actually there's a big story behind there frying is, skins. There is. Up. Okay. Got, we have, we, have, we have at least one more item to talk about before we get to the We've lightning round. We've got to finish with, uh, with Judy's famous banana pudding. Yeah, come on, Sam. Because that warm meringue banana pudding was... and First off, don't put your banana pudding in the refrigerator. Never chill your banana pudding if you don't have to. Nobody, the good Lord, never intended banana pudding to be served cold. When y'all came in tonight... And I purposely, when I'm at home and happen to be at the restaurant or I know somebody's coming in the restaurant and I have to talk to or do an interview with, I do not get involved in your interaction with our staff. I don't run point or guard. So y'all came in tonight. And I purposely, y'all probably thought the first 10 minutes or so that I was no, a No, actually, that's, that's our MO. Yeah. Is actually, we try, we, in, in Michael time, told me y'all were here. Yeah. Yeah, and well, I purposely, uh, and I watched my grandfather do that, where you knew it was a writer or it's this camera crew. And I, I've seen it. Uh, my, I saw my grandfather. I need a medium tray. Make sure it's good. And witnessing that, I've, I mean, growing I've seen up. I've people tell other people, yeah. I'm going to take a picture of this, make sure it looks pretty. Yeah. But, I mean, I understand, like, That's food wrong. styling. For photos and all that, what I'm talking about is changing somebody's experience. But, but that's, yeah. so that's just it's no, that's still what I will not the do. Same way, yeah. but what it still I will not do. The same way. And that's my point. So yes, it doesn't matter if it's a trash man or the governor. Both of those gentlemen or ladies should have the same experience. Correct. Meaning, I don't care about your podcast if it means I got to give you something different than everybody else that walks right. into Sam Jones gets. Yes. If we're doing that. We're not doing our job. It's what we live our podcast for, and I'm right. not kidding. And so either say our food sucks and don't put me on your podcast, yep. or know that when you came in, you had the same experience that everybody else did today. And that, that's 100%, and that's what – and I think I told you that when we first messaged you about this whole thing in the beginning. We will not put someone on our show that we have not eaten their food because we think that's an incredible disrespect to the people that are making this food. We've never wanted. We we've never come in to any barbecue place in the seven years we've been doing the whole barbecue. We've never come into a place expecting special treatment, expecting a free meal, expecting anything normal. Oh, y'all y'all are not influencers. 
No, no sir. No, sir. <laughs> we, we have, I, I was being facetious, right? Yeah, no, but but not, not even the kids. I can give you that. Yeah, I believe Sam Jones has opened another restaurant in the time we've had this yeah. podcast. I mean, basically, we've, we've Can I say one thing? Yes, sir. Just because this is a little bit of an inside joke. While we've been doing this podcast, Pat Martin's probably opened at least two Hugh babies. <laughs> <laughs> and I love you, Pat Martin. But in the time we've been sitting in this barn, Matter of fact, Pat may have opened a few babies on the way home last night from Yazoo City, Mississippi. And I just didn't even know it. He accidentally signed his name. It's like those gremlins. You feed them after midnight. And they just oh, man. Gentlemen, all right. We, we've Come had on. the privilege of having some great, great, great people. You have to. Pat Martin is one of my dearest friends. Uh, there's nobody I respect uh, personally or professionally any more than I do Pat Martin. Uh, that is a good human being and a very, very smart individual. Without fail, the people that we've talked to, we have not heard one name more often in the last three days than we've heard the name Pat. Where, let me ask you this. Where have you been in the last three days? We have been to Commissary in Memphis. We've been to Helen's Barbecue in Brownsville, Tennessee. We've been to Zach Parker's, uh, B.E. Scott's in Lexington. We've been to Ramey's. We've been to Prince's Hot Chicken. We've been to Martin's in downtown Nashville. Um, we've also been to Buxton Hall Barbecue, we've been to Lexington Barbecue, and we've been to Sam Jones Barbecue. I could almost go down the list and tell you the people that mention Pat Martin. And, we, and it and won't mention in Lexington, North Carolina. <laughs> and that, that is that is honestly. But, my point Pat is, Martin, is, does he owe you money or something, bud? Because he is. No, no, no. What I'm saying is once you become friends with somebody, no different than I wanted to build on that story of skins. I couldn't just say we started selling port skins at Skylight. I had to preface it because of a relationship that exists with Michael and I, Pat Martin and myself tonight could get out of the barbecue business. We'll be friends the rest of our lives. With Mr. Chris Wood from Primacy Meat Company, um, who who has been cooking barbecue in Virginia for the last year plus, and uh, has been kind enough to join us on this journey. He's got a question for either Sam and or Michael. What is your question, Mr. I'll Chris ask, Wood? I'll uh, ask Sam a question here. So you've had uh, the opportunity to cook with a lot of cool people, a lot of different people, in a lot of awesome places, different locations. My question is, if you had the opportunity to cook with someone, either in the barbecue world or otherwise, that you haven't cooked with, who would it be? Alive or not? Either one. I'll give you the same answer I gave in Fort Worth, Texas this year on the panel. And this was on the heels of firing up that old pit from 60-some years ago. And I got emotional on this panel. And I was sitting there with Chris Lilly, Mike Mills, Dave Raymond, um, all these people that I looked up to for years. And now we hold a mutual respect for each other, and we're all friends. And Meyer Mixon gave an answer to the same question. And, you know, he, he was being funny. and But I was sitting there thinking about it. If you could cook a meal or cook barbecue or whatever and I asked the same question I said alive or dead and they said either way I said if I if I the man that built that pit if him and or my grandfather could get up out of the ground come back to that pit let me cook a hog and they understand what that is now not what it was when they were here but what it is now and what I've been afforded an opportunity to carry it to people all over the country and them appreciate and understand it. If I could do it under all those pretenses, uh, either one of those gentlemen, mainly my granddaddy, I would love for my granddaddy uh, to be able to walk in to an event and see these people that think Sam Jones is something special. Uh, And this is a man that when I said, look, I'm thinking about getting married need a raise and he never looked at me <laughs> he's looking out that window smoking a cigarette and he said I'd get another job if I were you he was serious he saw absolutely no value in me as a person as his grandson what I brought to the business what I had a potential to do and we chatted earlier about the difference in me and my family and that's the difference I think is I try to see a value in people Michael wouldn't be my partner if I didn't see a value in him. My granddaddy would have looked at Michael like an oven. He did. He told me I couldn't cut pimentos correctly in 2003. But what I'm saying is 
you were just a person with uh, two feet and two hands. If you couldn't do what you what he needed you to do, he'd get somebody else with two feet and two hands. Where I see value in you and you and Michael. Um, and so, if he could come back and understand what I've been able to accomplish, being just like him and different at the same time, and what is how it's changed our business, how it's changed how people look at us as a family, how they look at me individually, and how they look at our craft, uh, there would be nothing more special uh, than for Pete Jones to stand at that pit where it started and make up a bid. One thing we'll, we'll end the episode here, and Michael can speak to this, or, or Sam if he wants to speak to this. What's the, uh, as far as what you would like to talk about on record, what's the future of Sam Jones Barbecue? Whether it be here in this area of town or possibly somewhere else. Uh, you know, we're actively working on our second restaurant. Um, we plan to try to open up more Sam Jones barbecues as long as we can responsibly do it and it be done the way that we want it to be done the way it's done here now and doesn't get bastardized or, or, or watered down in any way. I don't know what that looks like in three years or five years or ten years. So there's no franchise plan or long-term plan of anything. That wraps up our interview. Tune in next week for more Tales from the Pits.